So welcome to the Creo podcast. I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Scott Lamb, who is good morning. Good morning. Good, good to good see morning. you. I can I can see him. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see him, but he's he's in Oregon. He's a Ducks fan, a duck, big a time. Duck lover. Let's go, Ducks. <laughs> Scott and I um, both share a real passion for grace, for gospel, a real passion for Jesus, who he is, what he said, what he's like, what he did. Um, and so we just wanted to invite you into a conversation where Scott and I are going to talk openly about Jesus. Um, Scott, when I when I ask who is Jesus, what what immediately comes to mind for you? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's a really personal thing, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> it's so tempting to think about Jesus in uh, in like a in like a communal thing, like it's a real big, like a big moment. Um, and you're like, oh, this is like Jesus. He's over everything. But like, you know, when you think like, who is Jesus? It's just an intimate, it's an intimate thing for me. Um, and uh, he loves me. Like, <laughs> like when I think about like, when you say who is Jesus, he's, he loves me. He's my friend. Uh, he is, um, acutely aware of my family he's acutely aware of the reasons behind the decisions i make the the words i choose uh the mistakes and why i make them like he's just aware of all those things and so i just feel like this loving acceptance where i no longer am looking to the rest of the world to tell me who i am um because they don't know me the way that he does so he becomes the one who knows me i mean that's probably more than you were looking for there, but that's what I think about when I think about like, who is Jesus? Um, and then, and then it's like, how do you then walk out that same kind of spirituality as you're given that, you know, that's kind of what I think about. Yeah, that's good, man. I, it sounds personal to you. Like you, you feel a, a real loving relationship that you participate in with a person not mm. not just someone that you know about but someone that you know yeah yeah and, and that's and that's it right like um you know mike you and i were talking just a, a little bit before we got started just about jesus doesn't just know what you do and sometimes like you know I, i've asked people before as i've encountered them in, in conversation about god um a, a good a good starter question. If we're trying to go deeper with each other, I'll ask them to think about, you know, if I were like you and I are sitting here talking to each other, if I were interviewing God and I were to ask him, you know, what do you think about God? When God, when, when you think about Mike, what do you think about? And then I ask that other person and then answer that question. <laughs> and, and they almost always say, Oh, well, well, I guess if, you know, I'm like, what would God say about you? Well, I love, I love you, but, and then they always have this big butt that kind of lands in the middle of it. And then there's all this stuff that I wish you would do differently. I wish you spent more time with me. I wish that you were more generous. I wish that you, you know, and they lift, like just list out all these things that become in their minds, a barrier between a relationship that they might have with God. And, and, and that is the kind of thing that I think when I think about Jesus, he erases these things. He's saying, there's nothing that's keeping me from you. Absolutely nothing. So I already approve of you. I already love you. I've already given you everything I am. You're free. You're completely free. And there's a lot, I mean, there's just a lot that comes from that when you can encounter that kind of grace, that kind of love. It changes your whole outlook, even just on your own day, on the day you're, you're having yeah, and you know the the personal element as you're as you're saying, yeah, it, I I know Jesus. This is this is personal for me. I I think it's Jesus makes God known. Jesus mm. is the the perfect 
representation of the Father. Hebrews says, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I I am what yeah. God is like. So I think to to understand God, um, Jesus makes the Father known. We mm. understand what God is like because we have a person that we can relate to, a God that's not far off, but a God that became mm. near, that incarnated, that lived and breathed and ate and walked and boated and whatever. And, right. and then you go, wait, th- this is a God that that gets me, that understands me, that's that's one of us, a, a God of the people, right? The son of yeah. man. And, yeah. how- and there's something, you know, Mike, there's something kind of irreverent about that, isn't there? Like, like to have Jesus be human, <laughs> like... Like he, he went through what I'm going through and he thought that he's, he's thinking and he thought the thoughts that I'm thinking, right? He had these same things going on. I well, mean, other, other religions have certainly felt that way. And so when, when Hebrew says we have a great high priest that's able to sympathize with us in every way, he, he went through what we, what we go yeah. through, right? It, we have a, uh, a God who firsthand he incarnated, he put flesh on, he put carne on, he lived amongst us, and he experienced betrayal, he experienced sweat, he experienced tiredness, he experienced <laughs> hunger. Well, We've got I a, mean, a God that like gets what, yeah. what we deal with on a daily I basis, was- a God that gets us. We were talking last week, some of our folks, we were, ch- we were chatting about, um, uh, so we, we've been reading Philippians, and you know, Paul, he writes this really positive letter in Philippians, right? He, and it's super positive, and he's in prison. And what I said to him is, I was like, well, guys, listen, um, Paul wasn't happy that he was in prison, right? He wouldn't, he wouldn't start there, but it's his, his positivity, his love, his his exuberant feelings about his situation were a distillation of a battle he had fought in his own mind um, to say, I'm going to choose to see this situation differently. And I said, well, where did he find that kind of strength? That was the question we asked. Where would he have found something like that to, to write something so positive in the midst of something so difficult? And we went to Jesus in the garden. Right? Jesus in the, in the garden um, is about to die. And it's, this, it's like this, incredibly human moment like he's so scared he's so overwhelmed he, he begs his friends i mean think about that he begs his friends i mean you know we have like jesus and we think about this like you said god with with flesh we think about the god of the universe here and and yet he has this very human moment where he says guys please don't leave i, I am overwhelmed to the point of death i i i, I please just can you hang out with me? I can't be alone right now. And unfortunately, those guys just fall asleep. But, but, but Jesus then goes and just weeps and weeps and weeps and cries and says, God, get me out of this. If there is any way you can get me out of it, I'll take it. But then he says, but, and this is where we have the, you know, Mike, you and I are talking about the way of Jesus, but not what I want. I'll even go through this. So what, God, if, if this is it, then let's do it. But man, if there's another way, I'll take it. And, and everybody's felt that. Everybody's felt that. Yeah, we weren't maybe getting ready to get crucified, but, but everyone's had that kind of gut-wrenching, you know, pit in your stomach, want to vomit bowels turning to water, fear of what's coming. We've all had that moment and we find Jesus not any different than us. That's a beautiful thing, man. Can you find, I mean, there's not another picture I can think of that is so human. It's so real that, that, that allows us and invites us, like you said in Hebrews, it invites us to the throne. I can come with confidence because he's like me and he loves me knowing what it's like to be me. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a a feeler, a lover, a relational, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
the first thing you can say about Jesus is that, that he's relational and he has relationship with the father and with the spirit and made us for relationship with himself. And he is, he is love. He is love. And, uh, when John says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Moved into the neighborhood. Moved into the neighborhood. And uh, that that's just, it's so fascinating because Scott, what that says to me is um, who is Jesus? Jesus is the, is the creator. Mm. He was present with his creation before he physically entered it in in mm-hmm. the picture of the incarnation and the story with Mary and um but he was he was present to his creation prior to that. And mm-hmm. so so you have uh Jesus as being the the picture of everything that's going on in scripture right from the beginning. It's every story mm-hmm. ultimately finds its its meaning in Jesus. It's the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing. He is the center of of all of it. I I don't think, I think he's the key to unlocking everything that every, everything in scripture, everything everywhere. He is the logos, the reason, the aim, the purpose. We, we cannot understand the Bible without Jesus. We cannot understand these stories apart from Jesus. Jesus is the, the key to the whole thing. You're preaching, bro. I love it. I mean, it's exa- you're exactly right. Um, Ephesians one, four, Right. He says, he says, how blessed is God. This is in, uh, in the, out of the message, Ephesians one. Um, he says, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He is the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down, down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. I mean, think about that. He said, like, the NIV says, from before the foundations of the world, we were chosen in him. If that's true, then, then all of this, all of, all of creation, everything that you just said is, is held in this idea that he was, he was making a way for us to be with him forever. And what does that say about Jesus? What does that say about God? It's that God absolutely loves without condition because he already knew all the things I was going to do and still decided to love me anyway. I mean, that's just, that's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think it's a great place to start with, with who is he? We barely scratched the surface, but I, I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit into, Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of scripture that that shows us what he was what he was like what he did. Mm-hmm. So we we get a little bit more of a hint of okay if Jesus is God in the flesh what's God like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if God is like Jesus, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> if, if if that's the greater truth is that God is like Jesus, what is God like? What is Jesus? like what is what is he like what did he do and and so when i ask you that question what is god like in the person of jesus what did jesus do how would you describe jesus what what are some things that come to mind okay well there's a couple of things um he gave dignity to people right um so yeah i think in our current culture there is um a certain faction of folks who are obsessed with the name of Jesus and the, and they throw it out like a banner, right? They, they put it on, on a, a, as a bumper sticker or on a flag or, or whatever. They, they use the name of Jesus, but they're not interested in the way of Jesus. And, and you can't, you can't separate the name of Jesus from the way of Jesus without, without ruining it. And, and so uh, because then it becomes this agenda thing that I, I'm just attaching it to what I want, right? So the way of Jesus is essential. And so when you think about, when I think about the way of Jesus, what did he do? <sighs> Dignity to people. Um, he, he gave people um, 
he gave them dignity. I mean, think about the woman, um, uh, the woman uh, who's caught in adultery, the woman at the well. Think about Mary um, pouring out um, perfume on his feet. Like you think about these moments, and they're moments of kind of, you know, scandal, right? Um, but he recognizes that his reputation matters a lot less than that person. So he's willing to dis, 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 discard his reputation among the religious elite so that he can love somebody who needs to be loved. I mean, isn't that the way, right? That, that I, would, I would devalue my own ability to ascend the social ladder or the uh, intellectual ladder or the, the church leadership ladder. I would discard that if it meant that someone may experience the love of Jesus. So how do we die to ourselves? How do we put ourselves aside? Jesus just did it over and over and over again. Um, you know, don't silence her. Don't tell her not to do that. She's doing something special for me. I mean, that, that just like th those kinds of things like, you know, Hey, these little kids don't get in between me and them. Let them come and, and sit with me and love on me and I'll love on them. You know, thief on the cross. Nothing's going to keep you from me, man. I mean, there's just all these moments where you see Jesus giving life and giving dignity to people who had had it taken from them um, by the culture, by life circumstances. Um, and Jesus just gave it back to them. And then if you go like to the Great Commission, which the evangelical church just loves to bang that drum um, in terms of how we're going to spread um, the church around. Um, you know, Matthew 28, right? Go into all places, right? Make disciples of all nations. And you have this moment and we kind of just forget what's happening there. You have this ragtag group of disciples, maybe a hundred or so that are standing around. And Jesus is literally, if we're believing the Bible is true, is ascending into heaven before them, right? It's like all done. He's risen from the dead. All these things have happened. He's ascending into the right hand of the father. And as that's happening, it says, Right there in bold print in the scriptures, some of them worshiped, but some of them doubted. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's doubters right there. And Jesus has got the keys to the kingdom. And he says, yeah, you guys will figure it out. It's okay. <laughs> like, like I, I just absolutely love it when I see that. So when you ask me about, you know, what is God like? What is Jesus like? What did he do? Those are the things that come to mind. He's not troubled by my imperfection. He's not troubled by my lack or anybody's for that matter, because he's sufficient for all of us. That was a mouthful. I said a lot there, but yeah. No, it was, it was great. I think at the heart of that, I love the observation that it's more than, than just saying, I plead the blood of Jesus over this place <laughs> or whatever. And, and yeah. people use this spiritual language, like a, I'm not perfect, just forgiven type of stuff. Right. And <laughs> sort of throw these cliches and you mentioned bumper stickers and all that, but there's a way of life that Jesus lived. That's so, uh, just, um, I, it, it makes me emotional. It's poetic. It's, it's glorious and beautiful and full of, of grace and passion and intrigue and danger. and. Mm uh surprise element of surprise and you know mike you, you yeah, used a ahead. phrase that, you used a phrase the other day that i haven't forgotten on a creo call it's been a, maybe two weeks ago and you said relaxed remember mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you said jesus was like so relaxed <laughs> around mm -hmm. people i mean what i mean what did you mean by that because i thought that was really that was big time, man. And we're talking about what Jesus was like. And I thought that was a good word when you said it on the call. Yeah, I, I get this sense um, from people wanting to follow Jesus, myself included. I feel it in myself as a, as a go, do. And we live in a go, do, create, mm -hmm. kill it, crush it. Kind <laughs> 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 of culture, man. Go, right, go make right, it right. happen. Yeah. And so we all feel that need to produce and have this high level of productivity. And yet, um, I think one of the great observations that I just heard or read about is um, if, if, if we could describe Jesus in one way, 
I think the the greatest way to describe Jesus is relaxed, that he wasn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't the sense of like rush or uh, I had a friend say to me, you ever try to put your kids to bed in a hurry? <laughs> That's good. It just doesn't even, yeah, feel, it like doesn't it feels work, wrong. Yeah. Like it feels wrong. <laughs> like, and they, and they know it, they can, they can mm. feel it. It's like a, yeah. not even a genuine experience. And I, I think uh, people can sense that you, you go to, you know, people come to you and they, they want to share something, but they can get a sense that you're trying to hurry them up mm-hmm. because you've got to go on to something else and be somewhere else and do something else. And right. You know, you, you think about Jesus and how many of the stories connected with Jesus, he was on his way somewhere and he got interrupted or some oh, sort yeah. of event happened and Jesus was relaxed and he was present and he was eye contact. And that, that person mm. was the center of his universe in that moment. And and doesn't that bring dignity to people? Doesn't it dignify who they are as humans? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It really, it really does. It really does. It's like you said, like the God of the universe is is reminding us in the person of Jesus that you're worth my time. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, that's good, man. I mean, you got a you got a mission. You're here to to save to save the world to embody deity to. To, to show humanity what God is like, to rescue a broken world, to redeem it and restore it, to defeat the enemy. You've got this incredible uh, call, right, that, that Jesus was mm. li- living into, and yet, and yet he never looked frantic. Hmm. <laughs> that's so true like that's every so person true, i know that's in christian leadership looks frantic and anxious and uh even pissy sometimes and you're <laughs> like i don't know man yeah. like you read jesus and you just you almost get this like chill mm. um experience it, it, well, and it, you know, you can't you can't read those stories and 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 imagine that Jesus is is trying to get someone to go. All right, like enough now. What's your can point? You close the deal. What, what's your what, what's your point? Can you get to your point? Like I don't, right. I don't get that sense with him. It, you just get well, a you, sense. I mean, that what he, the, you brought up on the call. You said you know, like the the boat sinking and Jesus is asleep. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. like that kind of like guys. What are you worried about? You know, mm-hmm. like, what are you, what are you so stressed about? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I think, I think what we learned from that, and I, and I, I think I shared this with you afterwards, you know, John chapter two, you got Jesus. He's, he's been kind of noticed now at that point in that particular um, book about Jesus in the book of John, you got Jesus being noticed. He's just turned water to wine in Cana. He's, he's fought, he's like got a following. People are listening to him. There's buzz. People are talking. Could this be the one? And and then you have this really weird moment where John writes, says that Jesus did not entrust his heart to them for he knew what was in their hearts, right? He could see right through. And, and, and it's just this beautiful moment of an example for us. I mean, how often as a pastor myself over the years, I mean, I'm youth pastor. I've been church planter i've been a pastor and i've i've taken my heart out of my chest and i've handed it to people and saying and and said please take care of this please take care of this i'm giving you my heart i'm serving you i'm loving you please approve of me please tell me that you like what i'm doing i'm desperate for someone to validate this sacrifice that i'm making to do this job or whatever it is and every time they let me down every time And, and and it doesn't have to be just in ministry and friendship in my marriage i mean i've handed my my heart to my wife and said, please don't damage this, but she's not meant to care for my heart the way that the father does. And Jesus sets us that example right there. He says, look, I'm able to be relaxed in the world because none of you get to tell me who I am. Only the father tells me who I am. So you may think I'm, you may think I'm the king. You may think I'm the Messiah, but you don't get to tell me what that looks like. The father does. Well, Mike, you, you know, you can't come to, to me and say, Scott, tell me that I'm doing a good job. Tell me that I am a man. Tell me that I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. Tell me I'm a good leader of people and have any of my words last in your heart. I, they won't. 
And so Jesus is able to be relaxed in front of the, the Sanhedrin. He's able to be relaxed in front of a mob. He's able to be relaxed because he knows who he is. And gosh, what a, I mean, another human moment, I think, from Jesus that also has all just divine fingerprints all over it, man. Yeah, you're you're right. He didn't he didn't feel the need to defend himself in front of the authorities. He 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 didn't react to any of that. Even John the Baptist, right? He he right. John, John the Baptist. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Show up and they're like, you know, are you are you really the dude, or yeah? Do we need to look for someone else? And so my response to that, right after, if if I if I were Jesus. <laughs> scary thought. Yeah. Um, my my <laughs> my response to to that after having a guy who was there with me when when the when the voice when the voice of the like the voice of the Father audibly speaks out of heaven, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. John the Baptist sees all this stuff, right? And and then John the Baptist is like questioning my. legitimacy my authority right after he's called by by god to be my forerunner and now he's he's questioning all of that i'm i'm like perturbed bro Uh, i think you'd be a little more i think you might be a little more than perturbed i'm not happy (laughs) i'm like i'm like ticked at that point and and yet what does jesus do and you go right back to the word relaxed. He he goes, oh, John, love that guy. In fact, not a greater man born among women than John the Baptist, yeah. right? Yeah. And so he he's questioned by someone, and he turns around and compliments his questioner. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and and, and then what like he says so... is like, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't say, oh well. I mean, look look at all I'm doing. He just says. Well, you just go remind John. Like, it's this really, like, loving thing. Um, just, hey, the, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking. Like, the, the, the gospel is being preached to the poor. Just, could you just remind him of those things? Because those are check marks that he knows. I mean, what a loving response. Like you said, not to get angry, but to just, in a relaxed way, say, just report to him these things. I think it will put him at ease. I mean, yeah, oh, gosh, you're, you're right. He's not defensive. He's not frantic. And even that comes out in, in just his, his way of, of being around people that, um, I, I, I read that he, that Jesus, somebody broke down that Jesus asked hundreds of questions in the gospels. Mm. Yeah. I, I think, I think the number was three, 300 questions and, mm. um, he, he was, he asked 300 questions. He was asked 100 questions. And mm. he, only, he only directly answered three of them. <laughs> and, and so you have Jesus, like, not on the defensive, not feeling like he needs to prove himself, performing miracles and telling people to not even say anything. He's not, mm. like self-promoting he's living in the neighborhood for 30 years and nobody notices and so you see this like humility and behind the scenes and being present among these people who he is curious about and he's asking them questions and when people are asking him questions he's not defensive he then turns around and tells stories or ask other questions and what does that say to you about what god is like (laughs) Mm. yeah i mean but but that's but that's the beauty of it though right is that he was showing us the way to be human i like i often will say like um jesus the the goal for the the individual and following jesus is to become the person that he always created you to be like you know, my favorite, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's up on my whiteboard behind me constantly so that I can remember because I'm a forgetful person, right? But um, it just, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, what is it, right? Right up there, Luke uh, 14, 11, right? If you're content to simply be yourself, you will become more than yourself, right? 
how can I become myself if I don't know myself, right? So, so Jesus leads us on this interior journey, I think, as humans, so that we can discover the person that he made us to be, because the world has worked overtime to corrupt the person that, um, that I am and, and how I treat people and how I manipulate and get fearful and um, out of my fear become angry um, or defiant or recalcitrant where I don't want to learn. I don't want to listen anymore. Um, and, and Jesus softens all of that, um, by inviting us to live the way that he did, which was this relaxed way where, um, you are aware of how you are being impacted and how your words and how your actions are going to flow out from you and touch other people. It's, I mean, Jesus didn't use people. I guess I'll say that as well. Jesus didn't use people for his own agenda, which is why, you know, Mike, you said like, he didn't, Hey, I'm healing you. Don't say anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Uh, Let's keep it under wraps that I'm the Messiah, (laughs) you know? And, and I just, I I struggle sometimes with our current, um, our current Christian culture, which is so interested in self-promotion. Um, it's so interested in finding a way to get our name up on the, the marquee. Um, and, and when, and when it, when it's going that way, um, when we're finding that kind of success, like Jesus just flat out says in Matthew 23, he says, don't let people put you in charge of them. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like, don't let them do that to you. They're going to want to do that to you. Don't let people um, put you in a position of authority over them. And, and yet, what do we do? We, we just disregard those words altogether. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I got to find a way to be more influential in people's lives. I have to find a way to be the most important thing in the room. Um, and it doesn't matter what kind of movement it is. You can find that in mega churches and in missional movements where the most important person in the room um, doesn't seem to look anything or act anything like Jesus. Hey, Ed, every, every time people were looking to promote Jesus, he disappeared from the crowds. Yeah. And there were crowds. He was always like taken off, getting in boats, climbing mountains, whatever. He's with the disciples for just long enough to let them get a hint of what he was, what he was up to in the world and who he was. He dies, resurrects, and then says it's a good idea that I leave. This isn't like everybody be dependent on on you know uh, like everybody just stay and watch what I do. He was very empowering. He his his he said it's going to be better when I go because then you're not just going to sit here and take like take from me or feel this need to. Uh, feel like you can't go out, feel like I'm the expert, just lean on me, lean on my own expertise. In fact, um, my going and my sending of the spirit is going to enable you to actually go out. Like Jesus was always looking to, to go to the bottom and empower people from underneath. Right. Yeah. Rather than people from the top, he he said, right. You know, um, well, look, look, Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, he he was he was among us as one who served. He he washed the he, he washed the feet, you know, of the disciples. And I yeah. I think in I think in the same way, like we have to we have to understand that we have a God who, um, you've got to be careful climbing up the ladder because you passed Jesus on his way down the ladder. I mean, that's exactly right. Look, you and I are talking. We're just dancing around what Jesus says, I think, more eloquently. And I, 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 t- I tend to read out of the message, but Matthew 23, uh, 8 to 10, don't let people do that to you, put you on a pedestal like that. And he's talking about the religious leaders. You all have a single teacher and you are all classmates. Don't set people up as experts over your life, letting them tell you what to do. Save that authority for God. Let him tell you what to do. No one else should carry the title of father. You have only one father and he's in heaven. And don't let people maneuver you into taking charge of them. There is only one life leader for you and them, Christ. Do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant. 
If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. Mm-hmm. That's the essence. Like the question I have that I often wrestle with is how do you read this in Matthew 23 and disregard it um, in our practice um, as, uh, as church leaders, as influencers in a, in a movement and say, um, we have to find a way to become the next big thing on the block. Like I, I, it's so counter, um, counterintuitive what Jesus is talking about. Uh, and I think it is difficult to grasp because we make justifications along the way up the ladder. Yeah. We're passing him on his way down and we're like, Oh yeah. But I mean, look at all the good we're doing, right? Look at all the good we're doing. I, it's, it's an interesting, I don't know. It's an interesting juxtaposition to see that like just boldly stated by Jesus in the scripture and how often we ignore it. I mean, we're just, we're just scratch, uh, just scratching the surface with, all of this. I mean, it, we we talk about his humility, his the fact that he's unpredictable. Mm. You had you had no idea if you were walking with Jesus, you had no clue where you were going to end up that evening. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't know when you put your sandals on in the morning. You didn't know if you would be hugging lepers or sitting with right. tax collectors and sinners, or in a boat, or on a mountain. You had no idea what what the day held in store for you. Jesus right. was un, unpredictable, full of adventure. He, he loved and included everyone, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of sinners, religious, irreligious, Samaritan, Jew, it didn't matter. Um, you you had a, a Jesus who was empowering people and intentionally confusing people and <laughs> was simple yeah. and complex at the same time. And he was generous and he was strong and he was weak and he was a learner. He learned. I mean, think mm-hmm. about that. You have a God who learned, right? He learned yeah. to he learned to walk. He learned, learned to, to talk. talk. Yeah. yeah. If you've got a God that humbled himself, that he, he himself was a, was a learner. So in, in the, in the person of the father, God knew everything, but in the person of the son, he, he laid aside his attributes and grew up mm. in every way. And so yeah. you've, you've got a God that like went through some of the same uh, stuff that we go through in our learning and development. You've got a God who was uh, a listener and curious and deep and present. And, mm. and just the, the way of Jesus is so fascinating. But then you have him doing these things, man. He's healing people. Mm-hmm. He's healing people. He's feeding people. And, and when, when he does all of these things, even then, you, you don't see him pushy or promoting. <laughs> mm. Yeah, even in all of those acts, right? I I love I love the reflection on the parable of feeding the five thousand. It almost appears to be an afterthought. Like yeah, always, yeah, he did, it's not like he, he planned it. It's just kind of like, oh well, shoot, we are kind of way out of we're way out of town. Um, hmm. <laughs> you guys feed them. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like not this no no big long pretentious prayer just. You know, break it up and pass it out. And just keep <laughs> passing it, it out. Don't worry. They There's plenty. probably didn't realize what was happening until the bread reached the last row. And people were like, what just happened? Wait Where did minute. all this food come from? <laughs> I didn't know there were any caterers out here in the wilderness. It's like, See, isn't that, what is isn't going on here? <laughs> like, that's the way, though, is that is that logic, logic would say, this isn't possible. This isn't something you're, you're, you're going to be able to do. Um, and yet like there's so much significance in these simple actions. Right. And, and I know, I know I've been hit, I've been hitting different passages here, but you know, Matthew chapter 11 has got two, just two really good, I think moments where he does exactly what you're talking, where he just, I think he defines, Jesus defines what he's after. And Matthew eleven twenty five, 25, uh, abruptly Jesus broke into prayer. So, right. I mean, you've got Jesus talking with them. 
he's he's doing he's all of a sudden he's just like let's you know i i mean he just breaks into prayer and he says thank you father lord of heaven and earth you've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people yes father that's the way you like to work because you know who understands feeding five thousand? someone who struggles to feed themselves mm-hmm. right like like that that's a person who's like um i i do go meal to meal and i don't know where it's coming from but 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 jesus is like don't worry about it i have it i got it and he meets a need that they acutely understood right someone who who has throwaway food um doesn't doesn't really care that much that there was more than enough in that moment but someone who's really hungry cares that there were 12 baskets full of leftovers like what that's abundance that we don't ever see and jesus is like that's where i want god to reveal himself to you is in those small things and and then and then if you just go down a few more uh verses to 28 to 30 and it's it's a passage that we've i think we've heard a lot but i really love the way that eugene peterson put this in the message he just says are you tired worn out burned out on religion, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I mean, that, that is the essence of the way of Jesus and how it impacts a person who does it and follows it. And, and there's grace. You know, I've been thinking lately about what it's like to follow Jesus, uh, just for myself. I keep thinking, I, I really love to fly fish. I love, I love to be in the river. It's a favorite pastime. But standing in the river, if you've ever stood in a, a river that's really pushing, like we've got the McKinsey here in, in Eugene area, um, it, it, it is hard to stand for a long time as it's, the water's pushing. And especially if you're like the boat, we left it up river. I'm, I got to walk upstream to do this. And you do that and you do it for a little while. You're slipping and falling and, and it's, it's difficult. Following Jesus is like, he says, I'm going to walk in front of you upstream. Um, and I'll cut the water in front of you. And if you've ever had, a, like I, I fish with a buddy of mine and, and he'll walk in front of me. And if I can get in that slipstream behind him, it's way easier. He's like, he's like pushing the water out the way. Uh, ahead of me and jesus says get in behind me it's still it's still a walk it's still going to be challenging but you're going to find this this safe spot right in behind me but there are times when i think i know it better and i step out away from where he's cut in front of me and it just gets way more difficult he allows me to do it he's he's like yeah go ahead and i get tired and eventually i tuck back in behind him he doesn't shame me for trying to do it myself he just invites me back in and that's where that last little passage i read come back in watch me do it i'll show you how there's no shame there it's an invitation not a command and it's just it's a beautiful thing man yeah invitation's great it it fits with the more caught than taught and come with me and walk with mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. your, uh, that your whole understanding is going to change because of what you experience when we're together right mm-hmm. it it's, yeah. it it truly is a uh, act your way into a new way of thinking. Come with me. <laughs> your, your thinking is going to be changed, and I love that. Yep. Let's let's talk for a minute, because um, I I don't think we can move on from the what did Jesus do without reflecting a bit on crucifixion, resurrection. Yeah, so where's your where's your mind go there? Because he did something big there. So I think I think yeah, that's a great question, Mike. And 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 you're absolutely right. Resurrection, death, and resurrection are are the essence of it all. Um, and it plays itself out in our lives over and over again. I mean, Jesus saying, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it will remain only ever a seed. But if it does, it will, it will come out of the ground and produce something magnificent. Look, man, that, that, that is it right there. And in the invitation is to come into the tomb. To, to, to die to ourselves and follow him into the tomb. But that death is not a death we want to die, <laughs> right? But it's the one that leads to life, like a real life. And so Jesus gives us this literal, not, just, not figurative, this literal example of what it looks like to become more than what you, what you think you are, 
right? Because you think you're, I, I mean, there's a little parable that I've heard um, about uh, acorns, right? And there's this little community of acorns and they're all hanging out underneath this giant oak tree. And each one of them, there was like a mayor and it's like this little story, right? Right. And they've all got little caps and that kind of stuff and they polish their shells and, and they all do all kinds of great things on how to care for your acorn shell and really make it shine. And they have a little community that's going there. And all of a sudden this crazy weird kind of, you know, capless acorn falls into their midst. And he, the moment he hits the ground, he starts pointing up and saying, we are that. And he's pointing at the oak tree. We are that. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? That, we're, we're acorns. And he's like, no, we're, we're, the, we're the oak. And, and everyone's like, well, how do you become the oak? Look at us. We, I mean, we're all these tiny little things. And he says, you have to go into the ground and die. <laughs> and everyone just dismisses him as crazy, but he's absolutely right. Look, Jesus led us towards this place of understanding that the only way to live is to die. The only way to live is to die. And you have to trust that God is going to resurrect your life after you give it to him. And that kind of trust is really hard to have, which is why Jesus did what we've talked about before. Let me show you that I'm trustworthy. Let me show you that I love you. Let me prove it to you over and over again so that you know that when you follow me into the tomb, you're going to follow me out. Yeah, that's good. It makes me think of, uh, you know, the passage that says in, in Adam, all die in Christ. Mm. All are made alive. And yeah. Jesus is the first fruits. Meaning you, you see the, the first couple apples pop up on the tree. You know, the whole app, the whole tree is going to be filled at some point. Yeah. Right. It's an indication of what's to come that, uh, as, as certain as your birth is, Mm. your resurrection is even more certain. Mm. But I love that, man. What Adam did, Jesus does even more so, right? Mm. We can't think that Adam's job is more certain than Jesus's job. (laughs) I've not heard it stated that way, man. That's really good. I really Um, like that. Yeah. Neither have I. Who do we trust trust more? Who do we trust more, right? Adam or Jesus? (laughs) It, it it truly is like 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 Adam screwing us job is not as as is uh, significant or thorough as Jesus is unscrewing us and yeah. re- redeeming us and you know so the I think the certainty of what Jesus has accomplished that um, you know he says I am the the resurrection and the life you come to me you never die you believe this like it's it's certain. It's a certainty. And he shows us um, his resurrection is the guarantee of what's to come for us. He shows right. us that in himself, we no longer have to have to fear death. Death, where is mm. your sting? Where is it? Yeah. And so what it's a like a significant event. You're right. Like, like he, he's showing us literally, I am the wellspring of life, right? But if we go if we go to Jeremiah three, we see the, the this little rebuke that God gives Israel. Right, you've dug for yourselves cisterns that hold no water, and you've abandoned me, the wellspring of life. Right, All, I'm not, I'm, you know, there's there's a lot of teaching that's in that, but but really, it's like what we learn to do is let go of these these little muddy wells that we dig for ourselves and drink from the well, the, the the wellspring of life. Like it'll never stop. He'll always be there, sufficient for all things. And it comes through death, burial, and resurrection. You can try to carve for yourself a life of your own if you want. Or you can receive from me as a gift the life that I have for you. Yeah, and Scott, like people think that, that the life is something, something else, whether it's their <laughs> own growth or their own efforts, or that Jesus points them to life, right? Jesus yeah. like points us to this way of life. and. He doesn't point us to the way. He is the way. He, yeah. he doesn't point us to, mm. the, to, the, to the water. He is the water, right? Wow. Yeah. And so yeah. when Paul says, when Christ who is your life appears, mm. and Jesus says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, I, my body is true bread and true life. Like I am your life. Yeah. There is no life apart from me. Mm. Right? Apart from me, you wither and die. 
And, yeah. and so it's it's this it's this returning back to Jesus doesn't show us the way. Jesus is the way. And it takes you out of the seat of being responsible for being your own life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I really like that, Mike. He's not pointing to life. He is the life. He's not, yeah. he's not showing you where the well is. He is the well. And he says, and I am in you, right? Mm-hmm. If anyone is in Christ, right? Yeah. They are new, made completely that's, new. So, so that's, that's, why that's really all, good, man. That's why all the language is like, eat me, abide in mm-hmm. me, right? right. Like yeah. I'm it. I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. You're with me. Like, like literally like Jesus walks into the room and dead people like start breathing again. Mm. Cause he is the resurrection <laughs> and the life. It's just yeah. what happens when it. life walks into the room. It. He's the yeah. life source. So it's, <gasps> there, yeah. there he comes up comes Lazarus, baby. It's yeah. just like, you can't help it. Cause when Jesus and, and, appears, he, he is our life. He is the source of life. He's it. He's and you know, way. going back to what we were saying earlier, um, kind of like this, how was, what is Jesus and how, what, what did he say? What did he do? Um, the, the question I would want to know, and I really like, do, do people experience that in me at all? Mm-hmm. Like, do they experience in me? And I would say the only people who can attest to that are your wife and your kids and your friends, Right. It doesn't get to be your, your followers on social media. They don't get to decide based upon your, your words. It doesn't, you know, a, a recorded sermon or a podcast or, or any of these things. Those don't get to be the place through which we are judged as, a, as, as to whether or not people experience this loving, compassionate, relaxed Jesus. Um, the people who are closest to us, who know us in our most intimate, intimate moments are the ones that get to testify whether they've encountered Jesus in us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a few minutes to, to close up our conversation again, talking about who Jesus is and what he was like and what he did. We just scratched the surface, but a few, right. a few things that come to mind about specific things Jesus said. They're really like, bam, they surface as soon as I go. Things Jesus said, what, what comes to mind? Well, I, you know, maybe I, I, I jumped the gun a little bit, but those two passages that I read you in Matthew, I mean, those, those for me, they stand out as examples. Um, I, I would also say that, um, that Jesus um, with the, the thief, uh, on the cross, you have this person with no utility, no excuses, no uh, ability. From that point forward, from that confession forward, has no opportunity to prove his his fidelity to to the way of Jesus. None, zero. He says, "Hey, Jesus, think a nice thing about me." <laughs> Essentially, like when you when you go into your kingdom, would you just remember me that I was like here in this moment with you? And Jesus says, "That's enough." Right there, that's enough. Today you will be with me in paradise. That, that, that flies in the face of everything that we've ever been taught about behavioral modification as the way to approval. It, it just completely deflates any argument that any of us would ever have about what we bring to the table as far as our good works and our proof that we have been accepted by Jesus. Um, like, it, it all falls flat. Which then, if that's true... <laughs> Like if that's true, then I get I get this like freedom to try to follow Jesus without the fear that I'm going to do it wrong. So so I can like I, I just said a minute ago like my family gets to be the one to attest to whether or not the way of Jesus is example in me, but they also are so acutely aware of all the times I don't, mm-hmm. right? And none of that ultimately changes how Jesus feels about me at all. So resurrection, death, burial, and resurrection are, are present right there. This guy doesn't even know what he's asking. <laughs> he doesn't even know what he's asking for. He has no concept of resurrection. He has no concept of, of heaven and hell and the way that our Western culture has defined those things. He just is moved. Like you said, a second ago, Jesus walks in the room and people are like, what? And Jesus there hanging and dying on a cross next to him was enough. For this guy to just go, wow, I'm moved 
And Jesus says that movement in your, in your spirit is enough. Yeah. Come, come to paradise. Hey, the, the good news is gooder than we thought. (laughs) (laughs) So true, man. So, so I just love, um, I had, had this reflection on, uh, that same event, um, the cross event, but in Jesus's, uh, saying father for, forgive them. Um, just because of the simultaneous nature of what was going on, Jesus was forgiving people while they were, while they were in, in the act. Right. So, I mean, I mean, this is, this is, think about, think about the significance of that, that, that would be like a, a husband walking in on his wife, cheating on him with another man and simultaneously going, God, don't, don't let there be any sort of ramifications for this. She doesn't, she doesn't even know what she's doing or who she's hurting or how this is going to affect her. Just, mm. just let, let her go. Like, just let her, let her off. Like, like most of us think of forgiveness afterwards, like in retrospect, well, I'm a sinner too. And God forgave me. And, you know, after months of wrestling with something, I should probably release this bitterness. But Jesus's act of forgiveness was simultaneous to the the current act of torture, mm. torture of God. <laughs> this is really fascinating, isn't it? You just think it's, about like it's depth of forgiveness and grace, and and we have this weird idea that 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 God isn't, isn't ferociously pursuing our forgiveness that, that that we're, that that we're somehow um, like, like, like trying, like hoping and crossing our fingers that, that maybe we're not going to be eternally burned or damned. And and in that moment, in that moment, it it isn't as though it doesn't hurt. mm -hmm. Oh, it's so painful. Absolutely. So so I think he's, he's in, he's in agony. Well, it's happening to, to, to use that, you know, that adultery kind of um, correlation. It isn't as though it isn't destructive and, and breaking his heart. And so, so for anyone who's ever experienced that kind of betrayal, it isn't yep. as though that would be dismissed and as like, well, if you felt bad feelings about it, we'll get over them. No, 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 no. It, right. it was remember Jesus in the garden. We talked about earlier, sweating blood and weeping and moaning and crying and begging not to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Those are the feelings that he's feeling as he's watching um, the destruction of his bride. Right. Yeah. It's literal nails through your hands. Yeah. Nails, nails through your feet. That's what that yeah. husband who walks in experiences. And that's what Jesus experienced on the cross. Really? Yeah. So, so the other, the other uh, place that my head goes in terms of what Jesus said is uh, just this pattern, Scott, that I see Jesus always calling people to be perfect, <laughs> and so and so he's he, and and I always I I have always heard in the church world this language of sanctification and growth right. and and so you kind of get this idea that to follow Jesus means to be better and to improve and. I'm not what I was two years ago and look at my trajectory and my growth. And, you know, we call people to, to grow and all that sort of thing. But you always see Jesus say stuff like you must be perfect as your heavenly mm-hmm. father is perfect. And you must be holy as I am holy. And unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And, and so you see this dance that's sort of like what Jesus had with the woman caught in adultery, where he looks at her and he goes, your sins are forgiven. And then he, and then he goes, now, go be perfect. Wink. Right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost, and you can't see it because it's on a podcast, but I winked. Right. And he did it's wink. Almost, it was a, it was, it was, kind of, it was, it was kind a, of a seductive, it was a seductive <laughs> wink too. Right? It wasn't seductive. I, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be Jesus. Guy. It wasn't seductive. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but but it, it was it was this it was this um it was it was this sort of uh like an inside uh, joke like it like almost like an like inside understanding of like listen 
uh, yeah. Do you understand? Like, there's a, there's a, there's a, a kind of understanding that the two of us have here. It was, it was a call to perfection, which is what God always does. Jesus always does. Is this, this call that um, we've, we've got to perfectly fulfill the law, everything, every single bit of it, every dot, every comma, everything. We, we've mm-hmm. got to be perfect, and our, our neighborhood has to be perfect, right? God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This neighborhood, this city has to be perfect, and we, we don't want to lower the bar. Like, we, we want heaven in Jesus, right, and yeah. ourselves and our communities. And yet every day we come back together around the table, common union, and go, hey, Scott, How'd you do it? Perfection today. <laughs> <laughs> and then <I> Scott it. <laughs> starts to like lay out his list of all the areas where he feels like a bum. And then he looks at me and says, how'd you do it? Perfection, Mike. And then I lay out my even longer list of infractions. And then the two of us break out like a nice Belgian beer and, uh, some tortillas and say, isn't it great that Jesus picks up the tab and and mm. we take what's common and we remember how desperate we are for Jesus, who is our well, life, who is perfection for us, who declares that, us innocent. But we don't lower we don't lower the bar of what God's called us to, but Jesus Jesus always declares us innocent in the eyes of the Father because of what he's already achieved on our behalf. And that, and that is absolutely the, that's, that's, that's it. That's the essence of it right there, Mike. And, you know, it's like what Capen says, like Robert Farrar Capen says, um, it is, it is madness to keep on counting what God is no longer counting. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's no longer counting it because he doesn't need to. Right. So then, so then why am I, why am I counting things that he's not counting? Mm -hmm. So if Jesus was sufficient for me, so when, when you say like, be perfect, it isn't a matter of of achieving um, some kind of behavioral perfection because it's 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 literally not possible. Um, but to embrace what's been given to us, and then you find Jesus in the the parable of the the wedding banquet, right? You've got the one guy that goes in, and like everybody's in there, and the one guy gets tossed out on his ear. And I've always wrestled with that: like, why does that one guy get booted? Right, and he's wearing the wrong clothes. You, you find out he's wearing the wrong clothes, and what I—the research I found about that, because that scripture has tripped me up more times than I can, I can remember. And 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 he he said what I what I learned was that the king provided you your clothes for the banquet. So if you were coming to the banquet, you got the invitation. You were sent your clothes ahead of time, and so um, it was like showing like I've been I've been invited in. That was the only thing. And the guy decided to wear his own clothes instead. That's it right there. Am I going to choose my life, my way of doing it, my perfection that I can muster, all that I can muster and stand on that? Or will I put on his garments instead of my own and quit my complaining and walk into the party and have a drink? Like, Mm. like, you know, like that's it right there. So it's not perfection for perfection's sake. It's his perfection for my sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And my goodness, we've been talking for an hour and it flew and I could, we could keep going on this stuff. Yeah. I, I think, uh, honestly, um, whoever, whoever still is still listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true, man. If you're, if you're so still true. there, if you didn't tune out like 30 minutes in, you're like, I'm done yeah. with this. If, if you're, if you made it this far, I, you know, Thank you in advance for for the grace of whatever we said that was a little off. I'm sure there there were moments of that. I know for sure um, statements like when I said um, Jesus didn't want the disciples to be dependent on him. He did want want them to be dependent on him, but he also wanted to empower them. That He Mm. he wasn't just going to do it all for them. He wanted them to step out and to use their gifts and to live into their calling. I'm sure we, we said some things that weren't perfectly articulated, but there was a lot of good stuff in that conversation. And um, take a take a sieve and and run it all through the sieve and let and hang on to what can be hung on to and let go of the rest. Yeah, and there's beauty in that. Uh, we, we we just shared from the heart. We we didn't have this 
big drawn out outline, but just let it rip on who is Jesus? What did he do? What did he say? And you got, you got to kind of peer into Scott and I just loving Jesus together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it was, Love it was it. great. I feel so energized by this conversation, Scott. Me too, man. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Uh, I absolutely love the way of Jesus, though um, I often find myself um, walking out from behind Jesus, but he just keeps inviting me back in. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, thanks for joining me, Scott. And Yeah, uh, I love you, man. Love you too, man. And for all of our listeners, uh, thanks for joining us and, and share this with your friends. Tune in next time.